Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about commitment. Setting your intentions, restarting your routine, and committing to you from day one. Body Armor Light, the low-calorie, zero-sugar-added sports drink. Shop now on Amazon.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's second Friday food, wine, and travel show with the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. That's a mouthful. We say mm-hmm. gift why, so far easier. Um, and, you know, so every second Friday we get to chat with travel writers and photographers about their craft, their destinations they've been to. Uh, it's just always so cool, second Friday and every second Tuesday we get to talk about, uh, talk with destinations themselves, uh, visitor bureaus and organizations about their area. So we love the second weeks. A uh, very cool time here on Big Blend Radio with IFTWA, and I encourage you to learn about IFTWA. If you, if you don't know about them, go to ifwtwa.org. A really cool website connecting or organization and website uh, that connects travel writers, photographers, authors with destinations. And for those of us who love travel, we get to follow the stories on social media, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and really uh, find out about all these amazing destinations. So today we're airing live from Silver Spring, Maryland. And this is pretty cool. We haven't done a live IFTWA show for a while, actually. We've been doing a lot of Zoom recordings, and so it's nice and refreshing to do something live from uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. And what's so funny is our guest today is just around the corner from us in Maryland. Uh, So we're going to be chatting with freelance travel writer and photographer Julie D. Suman, and her story today, and you know we love national parks, right? Well, it's about Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens in Washington, D.C. So it's not far from, I think it's like 12 miles from us, so Nancy, we may have to Hit this because yeah, you we read might. her story. Go to nationalparktraveling.com, read her story. Just type in Kenilworth, which is K E N I L, not kennel like for your dog. So you know we always have dogs on the show. Uh, not, I'm not calling people dogs, but you know, we pet said as we travel. <laughs> you may hear a dog bark. But um, it's K E N I L, Kenilworth uh, Aquatic Gardens. But if you type that on nationalparktraveling.com, you'll see her story and amazing photos and follow. Julie, go to C by Julie D. So it's S E E J U L I E. Oh, so C by Julie D. It's D E E. So welcome, Julie. How are you? I'm great. Uh, thank you, uh, Lisa and Nancy. I'm excited to to speak with you tonight and talk about Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens. Hey, listen. I think Nancy, you'll second this, right? Don't you think this is like lotus garden, like lotus flower weather here in Maryland, Nancy? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it all it just all kind of gelled together today. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. tropical. This is different. Mm-hmm. We we've never like we've been in Maryland, we were in Tawnytown outside Gettysburg. But this is a little different. I and mean, there's woods and trees mm-hmm. and all kinds of cool birds and flat where we are we're, it's just beautiful. Beautiful gardens, yeah. but it's kind of does feel tropical. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Chesapeake Bay sort of helps modulate some of the the, the temperatures around here, and mm. we do have some lovely uh, green spaces if you know where to find them in the uh, Washington D.C. area. 
We were actually looking on the map today and, and looking at some of them going, okay, because we, we always, you know, in between our, our you know, pet sitting life and, and production time, which is our pet sitting time, we go to all the parks. And by the time people see us at our next destination, we look like we've been in the aquatic garden, <laughs> in the pond. In fact, I have to tell you, a friend of ours who's been on the show for many years, oh, I'm going to send him this podcast. He's going to love this. He was rescued by a helicopter out of Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens. That's no where kidding. I first heard about it. He was on the show. Uh, yeah, Ellen Spears for the National Parks Conservation mm-hmm. Association. He's the one who got us all enthused about Gettysburg, too. But, um, yeah, he's apparently one of the few people rescued by a helicopter out of there. I don't know. Well, I he hope he thinking. was okay. Yes, yes. He's doing volunteer yeah. work. It, Alan uh, Spears is awesome. He mm-hmm. does a lot of um, – with, with NPCA, the National Parks Conservation Association, okay. he kind of inspired us to go on this tour of documenting parks and public lands. Um, he really goes into like the government affairs and uh, so helps get parks set up and also parks for uh, women, by the way, and there's women's history in this park, which is cool, which we want to talk about, but women's, uh, you know, parks also that black history and, and things like that. So he's really, he's into the cultural affairs of parks because of the National Park Service, they have over 400 parks and I think it's like two thirds or three quarters of them are actually historic sites. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and Kenilworth seems to have a lot of history on top of all these beautiful flowers. Yeah, it has a really interesting um, backstory. I mean, it starts back as late as the 1880s when uh, a gentleman named Walter Shaw moved from Maine. He bought 30 acres off the near the Anacostia River in D.C., which part of that land was sort of wetlands, and it was kind of considered not really good for anything. But he was a, a lover of nature and plants, and he brought with him 12 uh, lilies, white lilies from Maine, and planted them in ponds near um, his property, and that was the, the beginnings of the gardens. And then his daughter took a real interest in this um, and turned, helped her dad turn the Kenilworth into actually a, a business of selling lotus flowers and water lilies. So it really actually started off as a family property and business and then turned into uh, a land of preservation. Wow. So so they, they really cultivated. But these were lilies from or lotus flowers, right, from Asia, right? Like yes, yeah, so correct. So what the, the daughter, Helen, uh, uh, Helen uh, Shaw, she um, became known uh, actually as like a world diplomat for aquatic gardening. And so she had a passion for, you know, expanding the the, the, the offerings of the plants in the, in the garden. She would travel around the world and bring back lotus flowers and seeds, and she even helped to, like, propagate them and had um, made her own hybrid um, flowers that, that thrived there. So she was really a well-known horticulturalist. Um, and helped bring in plants from all over the world that you can see um, different species at Kenilworth. Nice. See, this is really cool history. And, and at the same time, so we have native ones there too. The yeah, so natives, that's right? something I never knew until I went there, that there is a, the, the yellow water lilies is an American lotus, and it's actually something that oh. is, you know, from here. So they have a few ponds with the, those lotus uh, flowers in them. Um, but you know, going back to Helen, I think mm. you know, you know, talking about women from the top of the, the top of the show, she, I think, was a trailblazer in the fact that you know she took over the business in 1921. 
mm-hmm. from her father um, when he passed away. And she had been managing it before that. And, you know, she, she made it a thriving business. She became world known for promoting aquatic gardens. She was the first woman in D.C. to actually get a driver's license to drive a truck. Um, wow. Yeah, cool. so, you, you know, she was an importer, she was a grower, and this was all, like, in the early, you know, 1900s, and, and that's you know, she a was a real trailblazer then. Yeah, I mean, most yeah. plants are actually named after men, or the men are naming it, you know, the plants after what they want, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. it's kind of, there's, but we are finding that's that cool. a lot of parks, um, women, they're, like, you've got to look at Marjorie Stone Douglas in Everglades National Park, really mm-hmm. fought for that park. Carolyn Dorman, Sachi uh, mm-hmm. National Forest, which is the only national forest in Louisiana, is because of her. And apparently, she was outspoken. And she was a teacher and was outspoken about saving trees and got kicked out of the education system. Wow. And now we have this forest because of her. So you look at Helen Shaw. Here she is as a as an entrepreneur. Who would have thought an entrepreneur in in the plant business? You know what I mean? In the yeah. horticulture. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it was a thriving business. And then, um, in the like late late twenties, thirties, the the government wanted to dredge the Anacostia River because it had gotten, uh, you know, clogged and bogged down over the years, and they wanted to annex Ooh. her property. And she lobbied Congress with her brother um, and fought to have that land protected. It was about an eight-year battle, and she was successful, and that's how the Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens came to life, her wow. efforts to preserve the land. Nice. That's really cool. and Because, yeah, you know, you when I've always heard about it from Alan being on the show, and, you know, he's like, when you go to D.C., you need to go there. It's one of these hidden gems. Because yeah. you think about D.C., and yeah. we're a little nervous. <laughs> we're a little nervous to go and like you know what are we going to do like no. yeah, so you know i have to say like probably so many of our friends who have been part of big win radio for gazillions of years are all around here and they're all going to yell at us because we're here and we're like working instead of out there seeing everyone and doing stuff but they're all like we'll take you but the first thing people think is the national mall you, you know even in your yeah. story you say mm-hmm. everyone thinks cherry blossoms immediately right but Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens, you don't really hear about that as much as you think of the the mall. Is it kind of connected? Is it close to it for travelers? Um, Well, it's close to D.C., but it's actually, um, there's an interstate called 295 that runs, Mm -hmm. you know, into D.C. And the gardens are just one exit. You take an exit off of 295. um, You take a few turns. It's actually in the back of the neighborhood. You look like you're going through a neighborhood. And uh, there's uh, a parking lot, free parking, so it's actually very easy to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, there are walking paths that connect it to D.C., um, but it's on mm-hmm. the other side of the Anacostia River than the mall and things like that. So um, you would probably need to drive, really, if you wanted to go down to the mall, um, but you're really close by. Like, um, it's common you need nearby to go to like the Navy Yard, which is an up and coming neighborhood, go down to Old Alexandria. They're all very close, you know, driving distance to, to Kenilworth. Wow, and then hmm. I was reading like Baltimore, which is really kind of the next it it's all connected, right? It has like yeah, a whole so, heritage area too. Like that's yeah, like there's a lot work. um wow. you know, um particularly on the Easter Shore, but um there is uh, spots around the Baltimore area with uh history related to the Underground Railroad and Frederick Douglass and 
you know, Civil mm. War history, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot to see here from a historic standpoint as well as you know, it's a national park standpoint. I mm. love this because it ties history and nature together, and I think it that's does. one of the beauties of our, our national park system. And yeah. and one thing you talked about in your article, and everyone you got to go see our beautiful photos. And you know, there's picnic grounds like you can have a picnic looking at these flowers, right? Right. Right. Oh. It's it's free. They encourage you to come and you know enjoy the park and, and use it. It's really a community resource. Um, you know, what, the last time I was there, there was a community po- poetry group that was meeting, and, you know, you could kind of listen to that. And, um, you know, there were families there with their children um, having a picnic. There's these, you know, lovely red Adirondack chairs that are sort of placed around some of the ponds. You can just, you know, hang out and enjoy being in nature. Ah, now, okay, so now I have to, I have to say it was a tidal marsh. Now, there is a tidal marsh there, though, right? Um, there are the, the these ponds are not necessarily affected by the tides, but there is a marsh on the back of the property, okay. um, Kenilworth Marsh, um, which is yeah. connected, linked to the Anacostia River. So it can, um, uh, it does have some, you know, changes in terms of uh, tidal, but um. There have been sometimes I was told when I was down there the last time talking to some of the volunteers that when there's a lot of rain, sometimes the um, the Anacostia will flood and overflow into the Kenilworth, and there wow. are some fish in the ponds that have come from the Anacostia. So occasionally they get some unwanted visitors um, in the in the in the lotus in the uh, wow. uh, ponds. Mm. I had I I asked that because I had to go back on Alan Spears' bio on npca.org, everyone. <laughs> just, just, then I had to make sure I was right about it because that's what, I know he always talked about Kenilworth, and I'm like, what do you mean an aquatic garden in the middle of D.C.? You yeah, know, I, I always know. like felt that, and then your you you know your article, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what they're talking about, and it says Alan is the only staff person to ever be rescued from a tidal marsh by a park police helicopter. So there you go. So I, oh I just goodness. had to get it correct because I don't want him to get mad at me. Cause <laughs> he's, 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 he is one of the most special people on the planet, so I'm just Aww. saying, uh, for what he's done for parks like Stonewall and, you know, just so many mm-hmm. uh, Harriet Tubman, you know. And this is kind of interesting that I'm seeing that um, Maryland, that the park system, it's like Harriet Tubman National Monument has taken over part of uh, – there's a Blackwater Wildlife Refuge that we've been to in Maryland. Yes, it's out on the eastern shore, Blackwater Wildlife. Yeah. Um, it's also fabulous. If you are a bird lover, um, it is a, a, any time of the year, it's a great time to go there. Um, the bald eagles will nest there in the wintertime. Uh, mm. and, and, and you'll see them nice. too in the summertime, but uh, you know, Blackwater is, is, is fabulous. But you also see birds at Kenilworth if, yeah. you, if you're into that. So towards the back of the property, we were talking about the marsh. Yeah. There's a boardwalk that, you know, goes out into um, the mudflats and then towards the marsh and has viewing stations where you can sit and watch, um, you know, there's great blue herons and white egrets. We saw, the last time I was there, we saw... Um, a bald eagle flying over cool. and um, ospreys. Oh so, oh. you know, there's also 
you know, surprisingly amount of, a large number of wildlife there. There's turtles and cool. you know, other things like that. And, um, you know, you'll see a lot of people, a lot of professionals, professional photographers or amateur or probably yeah. hobbyists as well with, you know, these big lenses waiting to take mm. pictures of the, of the birds. So it's another, I think, unknown feature of the gardens is that there is a um, large species of waterfowl and birds that are actually on the property as well. Hmm. That's a, I, I was reading your article about that, and you were, you were naming off some. It's really the species, the number of species are yep. pretty. It, it, what, in the 200s, I think? 240 yeah. species. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, and then you've got all these lilies around, and that's really in the summertime, right, that the lilies are there, but it changes every season. Right, there's things to do there every year. The this the lilies and lotus are really peaking in July. So you know we were talking about this yeah. being lotus weather. Um, the peak is pretty much on us now, and there is a lotus and lily water lily festival that happens throughout the month of July in the in the park. But um, the lilies and lotus start to bloom probably in May, and will go through into August. Um, but in the springtime. There's magnolias and cherry blossoms. The wow. fall, you have, you know, the fall colors. And then um, in the winter, there's also uh, migratory birds that come. So mm. there are, it is, um, you know, changing wildlife um, throughout the year. Too. So there's mm. always, it seems like there's always something to see and do there. Mm. I want to go. Nancy, we're going to have to do something. I know. We're going to have to. We're gonna have to. I, I, you really ought to. We're going to uh, have to. We're going to have to do this. I'm telling yeah, you, this yeah. is. If you do go, though, now, it's best to go in the morning Mm -hmm. um, because both the water lilies and the lotus are more open in the morning. As the afternoon heat comes on, they will um, close their blooms. Mm -hmm. It's Mm. still beautiful, but to see them in their, you know, their full display, it's it's better to to go in the morning. And it's cooler because you guys guys are a little, yeah, you're a little swampy here. I didn't expect swampiness. I mean, when we first came to Maryland, we were in Easton, Maryland. Oh, so okay. that East, Yeah, we went over that huge bridge that um, yep. I really don't <laughs> need to do it again. And I had to do it a few times. And I'm, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with that bridge. Yeah, that <laughs> bridge. Some people jump off of it. Not a good thing. But, yeah, it's um, up there 200 feet in the air. It's a, it's no, a little scary. My thing. But, but I did it because, you know, we went and stayed at we a pool inn, and that's where we had the Blackwater. But, like, Maryland, your state is pretty like it's insanely beautiful it is just gorgeous and to me like we were here in the fall and now we're here in the summer and just to see that diversity like these wetlands and then what you're talking about you know with these gardens I mean it's just it is a beautiful beautiful state you must love being here I, mean, I do. I'm not gorgeous. originally from uh, Maryland, but I've lived here for over 20 years, and mm. obviously I'm biased because I, li- I live here, but I do think the mid-Atlantic region, you know, you really get the best of both worlds. You get the the four seasons. Um, it's not crazy, crazy hot here, and we do have, you know, in western Maryland you have some mountains. You know, where you guys are at in Silver Spring, you've got um, – you know, we're obviously talking about Kenilworth, but you've got a lot of exciting things to do in D.C., Annapolis, Baltimore. And then the Eastern Shore is just, you know, this, it's another world over there. It's, um, you know, with Blackwater and the, the open green space, it's just a, it's a very laid-back kind of place to be. It's, 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 it is a beautiful state. I will agree with you. 
Yes, it's, it's it, interesting because coming from, I mean, we're both, you know, born and raised in California for a bit. And what your idea of what the eastern part of the states is like is so not what it really is when you get there. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we're shocked. It, I know. It, 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 this is not what I expected to see in this part of the country. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, I think Kenilworth, your story kind of goes with kind of our experience of seeing these historic homes and this this history. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes with the East, like even Pennsylvania, like the gardens. We've been to some of the gardens that are just like, holy cow. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. But it was people with this vision of plants. And I'm going, how do you do this? And then the snow comes. And, and yeah. you know, yeah. that's what I'm like. That's kind of crazy. You're talking about these tropical water lilies. And lotus blossoms, and then I know you get snow. Like, yeah. Well, some of the species at Kenilworth are hardy enough to winter over; they're okay in the Mm -hmm. water. But there are some there are greenhouses on the property, and they actually they date back to the when um, you know Helen and her father had the business. So some of the tropical water lilies that are more sensitive to um, the cold weather, they move Mm. them inside to winter. Okay. Um, and then they bring them back out in like May, you know, in the spring or in the May time. So some of them do need protection, um, but um, there hmm. are, you know, versions that are hardy enough to to survive the, you know, the 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 winter because it is cold enough for the ponds to freeze in the winter, uh, mm-hmm. but they they make it through. I wonder if magnolias oh. are related to water lilies in a way. They kind of have, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting thought. You know what I mean? Because you look at those leaves, you know, and then even there's the, oh, why can't I remember it? There's like, they're not, oh, I can't believe I can't remember this. When you go in a swampy area, there's little white plants with a little thingies. It's not like you're, it's it's not a, ah, it's not an anthurium, but it's like that. And it's white with white petals going around. Lilies, calla lilies? No, no. Oh, I can't stand that. I can't, I mean, this is like the most common plant. But Air, it's there Air with Air all Air? the water lilies, and, you know, it's kind of look like, I don't know, there's like a connection in a way to me, you yeah. know, um, those leaves, those those petals, I should say, there's just that. And even the, the leaves, you know, the magnolia trees, mm-hmm. like that's the other thing, the magnolias here are insane, you know, yeah. that that's just yeah. like, wow. Um, yeah, but the, the leaves are that, that big waxy so leaf. Kind of like yeah. a lily pad leaf in that yeah. thickness. Well, the lily pads there are are, are, are huge, especially in, I think I haven't really been there in the September or the fall, but there's a I think it's called a Victoria lotus lily, but the the lily pads get very very large, mm-hmm. um, you know, f- f- uh, feet wide, and I think that's something also to see um, at Kenilworth as well as in a different part of the year. Who would have thought we would have a national park over aquatic plants? I think it's pretty darn cool. It I is mean, cool. Really... To my knowledge, it's the only one that exists. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, there's there's aquatic plants like in Everglades and things like that, but Everglades is like this insanely biodiverse yeah. system, you know, with alligators and, you know, pythons, which aren't like over there, but I think yeah. they're cool. But this it's is pretty weird amazing. because we used to see lilies in Africa, in Kenya, mm-hmm. and you just you know that they come more from that side of the world than this side of the world. And then you get here and there's I I don't know. It's just it's, funny. It's cool. It's cool. But now, this, I, I wanted to touch on community 
You talked mm-hmm. about this in your article, which I think is cool because that's why we actually do our tour is to connect communities in their parks. And this is kind of like an urban park in a way, and it seems like people could go there, have lunch, even in their day, you know, in breaks, work break or, or what have mm-hmm. you, but, and family, but it seems like people are... Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton Bike, Tread, or Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Taking care of the park to help the park service. They are. Um, so you and you're just that. Just you know, you're right. I had a friend that was there with me who who would do just that. She would come here on her lunch break, um, and you know, when she worked Ooh. in D.C. just to to get out. So it is definitely yeah. if you're you in know, DC, a resource. You need to get out. Get away from yeah. the politics. Go to the flowers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but you're right. They you know they do have you know national park rangers that are there, and they have rangers that do and come and do maintenance. But there is. Um, a group called the Friends of Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens who do a lot of work to help promote and take care of the gardens. Mm, um, cool. Every, uh, I think, third week of the year in the summer, they have volunteers that come and help do some cleanup. Um, the last time I was there, the volunteers were in hip waders in the water, and they were, you know, with rakes trying to pull out some of the more invasive weeds and stuff. So there's definitely a huge... Um, a support of volunteers that help to maintain that park. Mm. In addition, mm. the um, the Friends of Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens, they host um, events like yoga in the park and music festivals, and they, you know, they coordinate events there. So um, they're, I think, a big part of the community there. And and speaking to the rangers there, they also encourage people to come and, you know, have events there or, you know, activities. They just, you know, they ask you to call the park service in advance to arrange that. But it's really a resource for, for anybody to, to come and utilize. That's cool, man. I love mm-hmm. that. As a volunteer, I think that's something awesome. we've talked about a lot on the shows recently is, you know, our way of travel is changing and we're all looking to what can we do when we go to a place that we're actually giving back. You know, mm-hmm. we're not – and because you get such an authentic experience. If you can volunteer and you can yeah. get in there and get dirty a little bit, you're going to really know those lilies, you know. And oh, yeah. Gonna, and you learn so much. Yeah. And you're helping park system and you become – what you know, there's it used to be like travel like a local. Nancy and I definitely do. Mm-hmm. We're giving back in these communities as pet sitters, right? Right. And we're not doing it for money. This is just a – thing is, hey, we're helping people travel, have peace of mind. We get to have better internet to do our radio shows and, and, you know, have Mm -hmm. wonderful guests like you on. And, you know, the pets are happy. But when, so you're giving back and you get to know a community, the town. You get to know, like, how the garbage works and how 
things work. And it used to be travel like a local, and it was like, oh, go to the local dive bar. I think we've, we've really gone beyond that now. And mm-hmm. volunteering and just really being ingrained in the community is really a cool thing. So I, I, I hope they take volunteers, like, you know, if we wanted to go and volunteer. when It seems that they have, like, a monthly, is it a, once a month? They do a cleanup once a month, but I if if you go to their website, uh, it's Kenilworth Aqu- or the sorry, it's the Friends of Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens. Um, I might have I do have the link in the article um, to their website. It's Ken Ken AQ dot org. They do have um, a calendar of their events. I think you can look for other ways to volunteer. So. Uh, you know, if you think you're going to go, you know, that would be a place to check out and see if there's a, a way you can help out um, while you're visiting. That's awesome. You got the dog bark. Yeah, they, you did. They gave you the thumbs up to go and volunteer, everybody. That's what <laughs> 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 But, uh, I, you know, this is so cool because you also say there's Anacostia Park next to it, too. Right. So yeah. that's another part. I love it when parks are buffed, like, next to each other because it increases the experience, but it's also better for the wildlife. Right. Yeah, so yeah, so there's a little trail that leads from it's just a quarter mile that leads from the aquatic gardens to the um the Anacostia River Trail. And that trail itself is about three and a half miles long and it runs along the Anacostia River and that is also a l it's a fairly large um community park that has um you know, playgrounds and ball fields and you know, places where you can put in like a kayak or a paddleboard or something. So, you know, you can, you know, go on, uh, you know, a bike ride. Um, It's really common with bike riders. You'll see at the river trailhead um, there are places where you can park your your bike, and it's always full of, you know, bikes. Um, So people, you know, get on the trail and come into the aquatic gardens and spend some time. I love this. I love it. Hmm. And that's exactly, you know, what we were talking about, these urban parks. And it's good for your health. These are parks that are good for your health, good for the community's health and happiness, and good for wildlife and flowers. Flower power. Yep. I love it. I love it. So, everyone, mps.gov forward slash K-E-A-Q is the website for the Park Service. And, again, uh, Julie's article is on nationalparktraveling.com, just Type in Kenilworth and you'll find it, or just type in Julie, you'll find it too. Um, you know, I, I wanted to touch base with you about being a writer because, you know, this is interesting about you going to like the gardens. <laughs> Do you focus on nature, or you know, because I was reading about you. Yeah, we googled you. Uh, everyone, <laughs> no, follow follow Julie on on her social media. But um, you've been to what forty five countries, five continents. Yes. Um, is it nature, or what? what is your main focus as a writer and a photographer? Yeah, I am really drawn um, by nature and being outside. I'm a hu- Like you both, I'm a huge lover of the national parks. Um, mm-hmm. My husband and I, you cool. know, we have a dream someday to, you know, have a camper van or something and just go and, you know, visit the national park. So I mm. do tend to focus on nature, um, wildlife, and flowers. Um, I, awesome. I've always had a long life love of, of flowers. Um, so, um, so that's, you know, generally what I focus on. But I do, you know, write about other um, activities. Like I actually just came back from, uh, you mentioned Africa. I was I did a safari um, just uh, cool. earlier in the summer. So I'm trying to, you know, 
uh, get some of the articles that I've, wow. um, uh, you know, put some ideas from my safari and stuff. So, um, so I focus on worldwide. yeah. Where did you go? Yeah, I went to um, Kenya and Tanzania. Oh, that's our home. That's where we lived, Kenya. Yeah, ah, we loved wow. it. I, I really was impressed with Nairobi, and we went yes. to out to the Masamara. Oh, cool. And to Amboseli National Park. And, yeah. yeah it, was, it was fabulous. Oh, uh-huh. my gosh. That's amazing. That is yeah. amazing. So the wildlife, did you enjoy that? Because it's pretty mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I could watch the wildlife mm. all day long. Um, yeah. Whether that's, you know, elephants in, you know, Africa mm. or elk in Yellowstone National Park, I could just I could mm. watch them all day. Yeah. Wow. This that's is interesting exactly because <laughs> your background is also in, as a, pharma, a pharmaceutical scientist. I can't even yeah. pronounce all that. So, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'm going, okay, so she knows about drugs. And you were also the <laughs> co-editor of Respiratory, I, see, I can't, uh, a drug delivery. What? How, you're putting Respiratory a drug, drug in delivery, the lung. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so you've got yeah. this science background. Does that go, I mean, when you look at a plant, like if you look at a poppy, are you going, okay, I know what you can do. <laughs> yeah, well, so I guess I'm more of a chemist than I am a botanist, but I do love plants. And so yeah, I've always been interested though, in, um, you know, understanding them and uh, taking care of them. Um, yeah, so I, I, I still work as a scientist uh, in the wow. writing and the travel writing and the photography is um, a, a passion and a hobby and something I hope to do, you know, full time someday. But um yeah, I think it's a challenge as well. Sometimes as I, you know, as a scientist, I, I sometimes tend to write, you know, a little bit more too technical than what I should. So, but I've always enjoyed writing and trying to tell a story, even if it was a scientific mm. sort of angle. And, and it, I think it's allowed me to transition to, to travel writing. I think mm. there's something about writing, no matter what you're doing, that you have to add some creativity in it because yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. a spoonful of sugar, right? Yeah, it makes the medicine go down seriously. <laughs> so yeah, seriously, and but I, I mean, I, reading your article, I mean, to me, you, you're giving us exactly like here. You want to go here? It's, um, it's it's refreshing. It's great to just get the information you want. You spark the interest, and then it's like, okay, now what to do? And add some history in there. And it's yeah, always yeah. It's it's you know, article writing is such a how many words, and then it's like, oh, some people want way more. But I think people's attention spans are they want shorter bits, you know. They're mm-hmm. give me the the vibe, and then give me the goods to get there. You know? Yeah, and I yeah. Think you I mean, just very well. you know, if we talk about Helen, there were so much great things to talk about about her. But I knew, you know, that would take away from the focus of the article. So you know, you had to do your best to condense it. But you you always want to tell more. So, mm. but you're right. I think being um, keeping things um, in a in a manner that people can easily digest. And enjoy is is the way mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. Well, you, you you can always do a follow up, you mm-hmm. know, and and do more than one article rather of than course. one great big book. Cause yeah. yeah, we get articles turned in that look like books. We're like, yeah. uh oh, yeah, nope, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, no, um, but because you know people yeah. are busy and they can only read so much at one time, and they can only yeah. ingest and think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So well, I think points. that's where, like, I, I um, you know, I started my travel writing um, with, you know, going to the, it doesn't exist anymore, but Great Escape Publishing used to do mm. a, um, you know, a, yeah. a workshop on how to, to learn to write. Um, mm-hmm. I participate with the Travel Writers Cafe, which I where I've learned a lot 
of tips and you know best practices as a travel writer and that and also that's what IFTWA does as well mm-hmm. yeah. you know providing that sort of mentorship and education to help you not write a book <laughs> you know <laughs> right right well no the book is good i think once i think there's a certain personality that wants the book so it, it, you know those people yeah. that want to write a book hit with those people but when you're looking, you know, it, it's a very, it, everybody's got their thing and you have to find your thing, just like a musician <coughs> finds their yeah. signature right. sound, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of that in travel writing. But I think organizations help because it Certainly. opens, you know, door. I mean, Absolutely. Nancy and I obviously have a problem. We're big blend and we can't, we're, we're, we're like, okay, <laughs> let's, the Helen Shaw story needs to go in our way back when magazine. You know, it's like we are, it, it's like, how can you, not go to a park and not be interested in the woman that has really fought tooth and nail for mm-hmm. plants and for yeah. the river and for what it's all about. And to have this respite from a city, you know, how could mm-hmm. you not get into that story? But then you're like, oh, but look at the flowers. So to me, it's like this story is about community and family. It's about yeah. history. It's about womanhood and entrepreneurship. It's about Hey, flower power and gardening. So yep. that's yeah. It to me, it's a it's a it's a really good addiction in life <laughs> to just be curious and get into all those stories. And then oh wait, yeah. birding. Can I just put that in there too? Like you could yeah. go to that park and probably come out with ten stories. Oh yeah. Okay. Just, well then, just um, I have to get cracking me. then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's the thing. It's like when you open your eyes, and I I wonder did. Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. You know, were you always a traveler? You've done 45 countries. There's a lot. I mean, is that something that you, yeah, you've done I'm, as a kid? Uh, yeah, I what? love to travel. It's an addiction. Um, yeah. Oh. So, and, yeah, and uh, you know, I have rock. to admit. We can talk about addictions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why one of the reasons for the draw for being a travel writer, because, um, you know, if you're, you know, you've got to work for it, but if you get the opportunity to go on, you know, press trips or, you know, participate in mm-hmm. events in cities, you kind of get sort of a, an inside knowledge and you get to talk about it and write about it. So uh, that was one of the, you know, genesis mm-hmm. for me wanting to be a travel writer um, is to help facilitate my love of travel. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, awesome. because you're given opportunities not everybody gets. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But you're having to work for it. Where, yep. where did it start for you, though? What mm-hmm. was, like, when, do you, what's your earliest memory of going somewhere and going, holy cow, I'm in? Um, from a writing standpoint, you mean? Oh, no, traveler, writer, Traveling. whichever. Well, I mean, I've always had 
a love of travel. Like my um, my grand goes back to my grandparents. They would travel the world and they'd bring back these these dolls of you know dressed in the 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 style of the the region they were in, and there would be these slideshows. Oh, wow. And so I cool. just, you know, I think that That's seed was cool. planted when I was really young. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate to travel a lot of the U.S. with my parents um, in the summertime, and we went to a lot of the national parks. And mm-hmm. um, you know, so it was just really born. From there, and along with that went, you know, the photography. I've always, you know, enjoyed um, mm. taking pictures, taking a few court classes here and there. But um, the travel writing aspect really got started for me in 2019. So I'm fairly recent at, work, you know, getting, um, working to get my stories published um, uh, and um, out there. But it's also a great avenue to have my photography also incorporated oh, into the articles I write. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's. Uh, I think you're and, you're very diligent in in what you do, and you know Nancy and I were like, ah, oh, this is so cool, yeah. and and we want to go. I mean, you got us wanting to go, and yeah, that's a cool that's thing. Great. And I think there's something. Well, you're 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 a writer too in 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 your science field, you know, mm-hmm. so, and understand that, and and you know, it's like I think that even medical people, you look, every medical person I know has a quirky sense of humor. They and you have to. And scientists mm-hmm. and biologists, there's just this other quirky side because you can't be reading all that hardcore stuff <laughs> and, like, looking at it without having some quirkiness and some humor right. or some kind of, I don't know, you've got to have storytelling. I don't care how, you know, it's how much, you know what I mean? There's storytelling yeah. is storytelling. Even right. when it's, like, here's your thesis on, like, something really important, you need to have some storytelling in there to get You're people to open right. their mind. Yeah. Well, Yep. Now, photography for you, do you think that helps open up observation? Like when you photograph, you know, like a flower, like it makes you stop. And if yeah, you're not I mean, photographing, always, you may not see it as much. Yeah, I like to focus on the details and try to show things that maybe people don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, I think the pictures that I have for the article – yeah, there are some that have some, you know, some detail in there to look, you know, take a look closer um, and just not, um, you know, look out in the horizon, but look and see what's around you. So I think photography, you know, it allows me to express that and share that. Hmm. You know, photography is, is great in that when you start embracing a camera and start taking photos, you start to look not just down or straight ahead. You start mm-hmm. to look up, and sometimes you get to go on your hands and knees. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm guilty and, of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, and, Nancy's and so always then, telling me to get down, get down. No, because <laughs> yeah, because there's different angles. Yep. That yeah. show like you can take one subject and do it in 20 angles. And every yep. photo will be different. The lighting will be different. The color will be different. The composition will be different. And the meaning will be mm-hmm. different. And, I mean, so it's a study in not only yourself, but the subject. Mm-hmm. Which and I, I find, you know, it, it is addictive. Absolutely addictive. So oh, this yeah. is a show on addiction. Yeah, birds, photography, nature, (laughs) you know, animals, you know. I want to go see the osprey, you know. Like, I want to see an osprey perched above all these lilies and, you know. You you see that in Louisiana a little bit, Mm -hmm. and and that's like, wow, you know. 
But yeah. um, wow, <clears throat> very cool, Julie. Mm. I'm so glad you joined us on the show today. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Excited for everyone to see your article. Everyone, again, if you go to nationalparktraveling.com, uh, you can learn more and read read her story. Just type in Kenilworth, and that's K-E-N-I-L, Kenilworth. And also, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association, again, it's every second Tuesday, every second Friday we air shows here with them uh, on Big Blend Radio. So go to ifwtwa.org. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. But I do want to say there's an awesome conference coming up. We're going to be doing a show on this uh, at the end of the month. Uh, if was hosting their annual conference in mm-hmm. St. Petersburg, Florida. And I'm going to tell you, if you like birding, that's a really cool place to go. You've got coastal, you've got wetlands, you've got all kinds of good stuff. I'll and be there. Are you going? Cool. Yes, oh, I am. Cool. Awesome. Oh, cool. I'm following you on that. I, gotta get, I need to follow you on all the social media here because September 18th through 21, St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. Florida is a conference. If you are a destination, if you are in the industry, if you're a winery, for example, you want to go. If you're a travel writer, blogger, photographer, you got to go. So check it out, ifwtwa.org. And it's St. Petersburg. Have you been there before? I have. Um, I don't think I've really spent a lot of time there. We tend to go south down towards Sarasota. But I'm looking mm. forward to the conference as an opportunity to really get to explore the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because they have all these trips connected mm-hmm. with it, too. Yep. And panelists and then all the workshops and the networking <laughs> and the marketplace. I mean, it's, it's awesome. cool. That's going to be so cool. So I can't wait because... We've covered a couple of the conferences, just remo- we, not us being there. Um, we'll be on a farm in, in North Carolina during this. So, but we'll hear back from everyone because I think Whitby Island, when everyone went to Santa Fe, and, you know, it's, it's um, transforming for riders, you know, from, and, mm-hmm. and also the destinations and the, everyone that goes. Um, yeah. There's nothing like networking, and now to be able to do it in person is awesome. Yeah, that's just know? what I was going to say. The networking is priceless. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And and learning, because this industry is changing. I mean, I don't even know if you can go to school for it, and by the time you get out of school, it's going to be changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's changing so fast. For the building blocks and the basics, but you got to keep up and keep mm-hmm. educating yourself in your chosen field. I don't care whatever field it is. Get mm-hmm. the building blocks in school, and then when, once you're out, you have to keep up. Yeah, that's like science, right, Julie? That's Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah, science is always evolving. You know, one day you can drink coffee and the next day you can't, but then don't worry because two days later you'll be able to drink coffee. You'll be able. And all I can say is... If you just do moderate, then you're probably safe. If you're drinking 20 cups of coffee, no matter what, it's probably not going to be good. It's not good for anybody. (laughs) Not good for coffee company. No, 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 no. But... uh, uh, at Julie, give everybody again uh, your social media. I've I've got it as C by Julie D. So is that yeah, right? S E E by yep. and Julie J U L I E D D E. I have to sit mm. there and tell everybody like <laughs> just showcase that I can spell because I have the words in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's um that's my um you know on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook you can find me at C by Julie D. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, and if everyone, you guys go to Kenilworth, I want to hear all about it. Oh, we'll, we'll okay. be talking on social media and telling you and emailing you and going, we're here, we're here. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, and if not, we will get there. I mean, because we're here doing parks. Like, that's our thing is nonstop parks. Um, 
We're going to close with a song called Lotus Blossom. I think this is wild that we're in Maryland talking to you about <laughs> Lotus Blossom. And, and now we have a song called Lotus Blossom. Like, is that wild or what? Like, it's meant, meant to It was be. meant to be. Yeah. When's the full mm-hmm. moon happening? <laughs> All right. Here it is, everyone. Lotus Blossom from our friends Michael and Spider. Keep up with them at michaelandspider.com. You can get the music on Bandcamp, uh, Amazon, uh, all those great places, but here it is. Lotus Blossom. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, guys. stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable.